Good morning from Lakewood, New Jersey. Good afternoon to those who are in Eretz Yisrael. Sunday, Dalit Shvat. <clears throat> Today is the yard site of Rabavram Kalisker, one of the incredible giants that lived during Rabbeinazal's time. Rabbeinazal spent quality time with him in Eretz Yisrael, and there was major mutual respect and affection between them. And Rabbeinazal said something about him extraordinary. Rabbeinazal said that Shlemus, completeness, perfection, I saw only by Rabbavram Kalaskar. His yard site is today Dalit Shvat. He's buried in the old cemetery in Tveria, where several of the Balshemtos Talmidim are buried, those who are privileged to make Aliyah Teretz Yisrael. There was a whole Aliyah movement at the time by Reb Mendele Vitebsker, who led it. And Rabbi Avram Kalasker was one of the giants that went along and settled in Eretz Yisrael at the time, in Tiveria. It's also the art site, I believe, of Rabbi Moshe Leib Sasever, one of the tzaddikim among the Hasidim. And today is also the art site of the wife of Rabbi Moshe Burstein, Zahran Avracha, Bele Gitl Bas, Rabbi Shmuel Moshe. The learning should be Le'ilu Nishmasam, Le'ilu Nishmas, all the others that need an Aliyah's Neshama, and for a complete Refu and Yeshua, for all those that need Refuas and Yeshuas. We're continuing in Chayim Haran, in the section called Avodas Hashem, paragraph Tof Nun Vav, 456. <clears throat> Rabbi says, this was approximately a year before Rabbi Nezal passed away, during the Bein HaMetzorim, what we call during the three weeks before Tishabov, and Rabbeinazal's daughter Miriam left, she traveled to Eretz Yisrael. And it says, Vahava Madahava. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, her husband ended up passing away, and she went through a process of Yibum in Eretz Yisrael at that time. And Rabbeinazal told over a dream that he had that someone came to him <clears throat> and asked him regarding news, if he heard any news. And Rabbeinazal said, yes, I heard that Michal is traveling to Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> so the person said, that, that's not news, that everybody knows already. And he started to give a bracha to his daughter that she should be zerched to arrive in Eretz Yisrael, b'shalom. she should cross the sea, b'shalom, and, and arrive in Eretz Yisrael in good, in, good, in good form. And he gave her many brachas, and Rabbi Nezal said that this person who informed him, who came to him to, to, in the dream, also was hinting to him regarding this. Because the word, the name Michal, Mem Yud Chof Lamed, makes up the first letters of Kimalochov, Yitzavelach, Lishmocha Becholderachecha. When a person is, is going on a trip and we want to give them a bracha and a shmira, a protection for the trip, we say this posset beforehand. It's, it's part of the Tfila Saderach also. Kimalochov, Yitzavelach, Lishmocha Becholderachecha. May Hashem. <coughs> command his angels to guard over you and protect you in all of your travels. 
we know the Gemara says, Kol sakonal, that all the roads have an element of danger to them, and a person needs special shmira, special protection. This is one of the reasons why it's brought that a person should give tzedaka before they go out on a trip. The Pasuk says, Tzedek lefonov yahalech v'yosem lederech pomov, that your tzedek will go before you and provide a good, healthy path for your feet. That's the tzedakah before one goes, and also the recital of tefillah saderech. It's brought also that the last letters of these four words, ki malachov yitzaveloch, make up the name of a malach, yud vav heichov, a malach who is appointed, who is appointed to guard and protect people <clears throat> during their travels. That's the last letters of ki malachov yitzaveloch. And it's also the first letters of the words Yochid Verabim Halacha Karabim. That when there's a debate between rabbis, there's an individual who has a certain opinion, and there's a group of rabbis that disagree with him. Generally, we follow the group. <clears throat> so the first letters of those four words, Yochid Verabim Halacha Karabim, are the same as the last letters of Ki Malochav Yitzavelach. And therefore, it's a custom. I saw this by my Rebbe, Zechonavrocha Rav Rosenfeld, and his daughters, who were trained by him, that whenever somebody is leaving on a trip, <clears throat> they'll say these psukim. They'll say, Yochid Varabim Halacha Karabim. They'll say, Kimalacha Vitzavalach Lishmorcha Bacholderachecha, to provide a shmira for the person who's going on the trip, for the person who's traveling. <clears throat> Here, Rabbeinazal said something different. Rabbeinazal said that when he heard, when, when Rabbeinazal responded that Michal is traveling to Israel, the word Michal was Marames to the first letters of these four words, and this was obviously a Shmira for his daughter, who was going to go through some major challenges. And this was this was all taking place in order to help her. The next paragraph, Tofnun Zayin, Rabbi Nassau said <clears throat> that there was someone who came to him and told him that he had a dream, and in his dream, his teeth fell out. <clears throat> and he interpreted it as hinting to the fact that his chachmois, will become botel. We know that a human being has 32 teeth in their mouth, and the number 32 is associated with Chachma. The Sefer Yetzirah begins with the words, Lamed Beis Nesibus HaChachma. There are 32 paths of Chachma, which are found in the Torah HaKadoshu, which begins with the letter Beis and ends with the letter Lamed. So this person said that seeing in his dream his teeth falling out, he felt was alluding to the fact that his chachmais will become bottom. We know that chachma sometimes could be a good thing. And then there's chachmais, there's an over-sophistication or overthinking that, that makes life difficult, that's not healthy. Or a bal whose mind is always racing from one thing to the next. So Rabbein Azar said, I responded to him that just the opposite, 
your foolishness is going to become botel, not your chachmois, because we find the term shein hasela in Hebrew, which means a rock, but it's called shein hasela. Shein is a tooth. A tooth in some ways is like stone. So that the term shein hasela, the targum of that is chizek. Chizek means, again, something powerful, like a rock that's tough, or a tooth that's something very strong. But in Yiddish, the word chizek means to make foolishness, silliness. So the Chirinarov, who is the one who organized the Sefer Chaim Aran, he writes, take a look in Medrash Rabba of Chumash Bamidbar, in the third parsha, the Medrash says, Ein shein eloloshen chizek, that the term shein means powerful, something tough, strong, hard. So Rabbein is always saying as a joke that in, in our countries, they, they, when they talk about a fool, they, they use the term chizek, somebody who people make fun of, chizek. And Rabbein is always implying we know the Gemara says that dreams can be interpreted sometimes. Dreams go according to the interpretation. So this person was interpreting it one way. Rabbi Nassau was interpreting it in a favorable way that this person in Yitzhak is going to get rid of his foolishness, his silliness. We know that the Gemara says in the beginning of Saita, that when a Jew commits a sin, it's only because a spirit of foolishness or silliness has taken over the person. Because if a person has any iota of a realization that for doing a mitzvah, there's infinite eternal reward. The Gemara says, Schar mitzvah that in this world, in our world, the physical world, there isn't enough good, enough pleasure or enjoyment to reward a person for a single mitzvah. That's how great the reward is. And when it comes to punishment, the Gemara says that one second of Gehenna, the, the fire of Gehenna is 60 times as powerful as any physical fire we could imagine. So a person being faced with a choice to do a mitzvah, do an Avera, which normal person, which rational person is going to choose the Avera? So, so how is it that unfortunately we make mistakes, we do Averas, or we don't do mitzvahs? The answer is that this Ruach Shtus takes over, this spirit of silliness, foolishness, which is another term for the Eight Sahara. And in our tefillah, we plead with Hashem, we beg Hashem, help me be not to allow myself to be tricked by this Ruach Shtus, this foolishness. We'll do one more paragraph and we'll pause for questions. Paragraph Tofnun Ches 458. Rabbein Azal said, a person who learns and understands the Zohar Kodesh well and is knowledgeable in the Sifrei Zohar Kodesh, that person will realize that the entire Zohar Kodesh is really one major idea, which is, it's all about being able to draw Shefa to draw bounty and sustenance from the highest, highest origin, from Ein Soi, from Hashem's infinite, unformatted light, and to bring it down, down to the lowest places, to us down here on earth. Also, 
to be able to draw new kedusha, new holiness into ourselves and into the world around us at all times, and to bind together to be makasher all the different worlds. We know, for example, the Zohar Kodesh, the Sifrei Kabbal, explained that when a Jew is davening shachris, the, the tefillah of shachris is divided into four sections. Korbanos is one section, Psuke de Zimra is a second section, and the, the Kriyashma and the Brachis in front of it and after it is a third section. Shmoin Esrei is a fourth section. And we're told that this corresponds to the four worlds, <clears throat> Asiya, Yitzira, Bria, and Atzilus. So that a Jew who's davening Shachris and trying to, to concentrate on the words that are coming out of their mouth, as they're going through the davening, they're traveling through these worlds and uniting them, joining them together in a way that there should be a flow of holiness, a flow of bracha in all directions. <clears throat> Rabbi Nezal says sometimes we unite these two things and sometimes we unite different two things depending on what's going on. We know, for example, in Hashem's name, Yud Kevavke, we're told that sometimes we look at it as two sections. The Vav Hey is one unit and the Yud Hey is another unit. The Yud Hey represents Chachma and Bina or Abba and Ima, and they are referred to as two beloved friends that are inseparable. Nothing can bring about a separation between them. Whereas the Vav Hey represent the son and the daughter. This is not anything physical, Chastashon. These concepts, the son and the daughter, and, and the Vavke is something which every action that we take, a positive action, brings about a union between them. A negative action, a sin, causes a separation between them. And then there's also the concept we speak sometimes of uniting the, the, the last hay with the yud kevav in front of it. Rabbi Nassau went on to say that there are many things that the great tzaddikim received as traditions. The Kabbalah, Kabbalah here means they received it from generation to generation, from word of mouth, because, and Rabbi Nezal says, all of, all of what we find in Kabbalah <clears throat> is things, traditions that were passed down from one to another in, in generations, going all the way back up to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he says, in addition, the Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoyzal and his students, they had certain sporen that we don't have, for example, the Sefer of Rav Hamnuna, which is quoted in the Zohar Kodesh, and others, and others. And there were many different secrets that were revealed to these tzaddikim by Holy Neshamais, by Eliyahu by different, different Tanoim, different by Moshe Rabbeinu. And Rabbeinu Zal went on to say that all the different scenarios in the Zohar Kodesh where the Zohar Kodesh speaks about a certain number, a certain number of angels, a certain number of heicholos in heaven, and a certain number of entrances to enter into a certain, into atzilos, to enter into the different worlds. Rabbi Nezal said in all of these instances where the Zohar Kodesh speaks about these numbers 
And sometimes they're very, very detailed. It'll mention a certain number, so many thousands and so many hundreds and 74. All of this is based on different names of Hashem or names of Malachim that these tzaddikim had received from previous generations <clears throat> and they were knowledgeable, they were completely knowledgeable in these names of Hashem and different permutations sometimes. For example, the Shem Membeis, we know this in, in all, many Sidurim, we have the Tefillah of Ono Bechoyach, which is called the Tefillah of Rabbi Nechunya ben Hakono, which we recite on Friday night before the Chadaydi. <clears throat> we recite it in the morning. Those that are to say Korbanos, at the end of Korbanos, before Ezel Makoyma, we have Ona Bechoyach there. <clears throat> when we light Hanukkah candles, we say Ona Bechoyach as part of these songs there. This Ona Bechoyach is called the Tefillah of Rabbi Nechunya ben Akono, and it's also referred to as the Shem Membeis, whereby the first, it's made up of seven lines. Each line has six words, a total of 42 words. And each line, and, and the first letters of each one of those words, when they combine, they make up this super holy name of Hashem, the Shem Membeis, it's called. And Rabbi Nezal said that all of these numbers that I mentioned in the Zohar Kodesh are based on <clears throat> the topic that's being discussed there, where these tzaddikim, Rabbi Shimon Bar and his students knew that what they were engaged in at the time, what was going on at the time, was directly related to this particular name of Hashem, or different names of Malachim. Or, based on different rules that they knew, <clears throat> as to how and when these names combine. Any questions, please? The next paragraph, Tofnum Tes, Rabbi Nassau discusses here illnesses, diseases, Plagues. <clears throat> Rabbi says, Rabbi Nizal had already spoken about this previously, that at times a certain sickness goes out into the world <clears throat> and spreads from one person to another. In Yiddish, it's called an untergang, a, a, a plague like Chasvashon. Recently, we know that the world experienced the corona which was a, a, a something that spread from country to country. And Rabbi Nassau explained that there are differences between a person who, who gets the illness directly from Hashem versus a person who receives it from another person. The person who receives... The person who receives it directly from Hashem that person generally has the sickness with all of its signs and all the details of that illness. Because each and every illness has a variety of symptoms that if, if you see this whole combination of symptoms, generally a person can diagnose that it's this sickness. 
Rabbein Azal gave an example of an illness at that time, which was called kater, nazelet. Nazelet means like a person who has a running nose, that type of thing. And Rabbein Azal said that one of the major signs that goes together with it is headaches, a major headache. But there are also other symptoms like itchiness, person scratching their nose, sneezing, and other symptoms. And each and every symptom is also like, in a sense, an, a separate sickness, a separate illness. The person who received the illness directly from... Uh, so the, the person... A person who received the illness directly from Hashem, we said they're experiencing all the symptoms. However, people who received it, who caught the sickness from someone else, they don't get it. They don't have all the symptoms necessarily. They'll have some, not all. Why, why is Rabbi Nezal talking about this? We know that when it comes to curing somebody, healing somebody, there's, there's two parts. There's diagnosing the illness, and then there's prescribing the proper the proper response to it, the proper solution to it. Sometimes if a sickness isn't diagnosed properly, then the, the, the doctor prescribes a medicine that's not the right thing for it. See here, Rav Enizal explained a way that we can tell whether this person is an originator of the sickness or they caught it from somebody else, in which case less symptoms generally and could be therefore possibly easier to cure. The next paragraph, Kaf Samach 460, Rav Nosan says, I once noticed very quickly, very briefly, I didn't really get to, to, to look carefully at what it was about, but I noticed in Rabbeinazal's writings that he wrote about a situation where a man no longer has the, what's called givura sanoshin, the strength to provide seed. And Rabbeinazal said that the person should recite shirashirin, mishle, and koheles. These are three svarim that were written by Shlomo HaMelech, because Rabbein Azal said, these three sforim are referred to in the Tikkune Zoyar as three droplets, plus tipin. We know this is a term that's used in Sifrei Kabbalah. We have certain vowels in the Hebrew alphabet. The segoil is three dots. The shuruk, the segoil is three dots that appear in triangle, 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 form. The, the kubutz, is three dots that appear one on top of the other diagonally. And the Tikkun Zoya reveals incredible secrets about these Nikudos. So Rabbi Nezal says, we know that the seed, when a man produces seed in order to bring children into the world, that seed originates from the brain. And the Zoya Kodesh refers to this as the Tipe Hamoyach. So here again, the Zoya Kodesh refers to these three Sforim as the Plastipin, and therefore Abenazal implied today there are people that take all kinds of different medications and regarding this, 
Rabbeinu said that reciting these three svarim, Shira Shira Mishle Koheles, is a is a major solution for this weakness. Any questions, please? We know while we're on the topic, to the degree that a person lives a life of kedusha and controls controls their desires, and they don't waste seed chas v'shalom, and the person doesn't doesn't behave excessively in this area. These are also major factors that will determine how long, how old a person can get and still have this gvuras anoshim. The next paragraph, Tosamachalif, Rabbein Azal commented once that a king is a higher level than a Navi based on the mitzvahs of the Torah, based on the level of respect that we're supposed to have. And the, the, the Rabbi Nachman Shalim says, take a look in the Gemara Hoirius, page 13. There the Gemara discusses the levels of a Koyhein, a Novi, a Chacham. We know the Gemara says, Chacham Odif Ninovi, that a person who has genuine Chachma of Kedusha also is considered, that's on a higher level than Nevoah. Nevoah generally, we're told, comes from the spheroids of Netzach and Hoid. When Moshe Rabbeinu received Nevoah from Hashem, he received the Nevoah, Mi Bein Shnei Hakruvim. The prophecy, the voice of Hashem came forth from between the two cherubs that were in the Mishkan that, rep- that had baby faces, which means they represented the baby spheroids, the spheroids of Netzach and Hoid. That's where Nevoah came from. Whereas Chachma and Bina are on a much higher level. And in this context, Rabbi Nezal said, a melech is even a higher level. We know the Gemara says, Man Malki Rabbonon, that the true kings of Klal Yisrael are the rabbis. And, and we find that the Gemara says, we know that a Koyen Godel is an incredible high level of Kedusha in Klal Yisrael. The Koyen Godel was the only individual who was allowed once a year on Yom Kippur to enter into the Kodesh HaKadosh and the Holy of Holies and bring the Ketoris there. And this was one of the highest, if not the highest, Avoidah of Yom Kippur. And the Gemara says, on the Pasuk in Mishle, Yekorohi Mipninim, that a true Talmud Chacham is more precious, Yekorah, more precious than Pninim. Pninim means the Koin Godo who entered Lifnai Vilifnim, the inner, inner chamber of the Beis Hamikdosh. Any questions? A question in the chat, please. A question in the chat. If Nevoah comes from the spheroids of Netzach and Hoid, does that mean that a prophet is greater than a tzaddik who is connected to the sphere of Yesod? The answer is that the term tzaddik implies purity in the midah of Yesod. Yesod means purity in tikkun abris, in conducting one's relationship between male and female with holiness. But a tzaddik, a tzaddik is a moving target. 
a tzaddik travels up and down the spheroids through his tefillah, through his mitzvahs and toivim. In other words, the, defining somebody as a tzaddik doesn't mean that he's connected, his connection to Hashem is only through Yisoyim. It means that he has achieved a level of perfection, a level of outstanding holiness in that midah. But his Torah study, his mitzvahs and other things connect him to all the spheres. Rabbi Nosenzal writes that Rabbi Nosenzal once said that yesterday the Sultan of Turkey came to me in a dream and he was complaining a lot about all the challenges he's having, all those that are fighting against him. We know that Rabbi Nosenzal, when Rabbi Nosenzal made his trip to Eretz Yisrael, it was during a time that Turkey was going through a major war at the time. And Rabbi Nassau commented, I felt major rahmanis on him. I, I, I felt major pity on him. And Rabbi Nassau said, the truth is, it is a big rahmanis on him because he is still referred to by his original name, Yishmoel. Because all the other nations, we don't know who they are because the whole world, we know that when they tried to build the Tower of Bovel, everything got mixed up. But but the Turks still retain their original name, Yishmoel. And Rabbi Nizal said, I gave him advice, and it appeared that he knew the advice that I was giving him. However, he made himself as if he doesn't know. There was another occasion when Rabbi Nizal spoke about him, about the Sultan of Turkey, and Rabbi Nizal said that on Rosh Hashanah, we know on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, we read about the birth of Yitzchak Avinu, sorry, Menu giving birth to Yitzchak, and, and Hashem giving Avram Avinu a major bracha, that from Yitzchak will come forth the Jewish nation. However, Hashem added there, Vegam es ben ha'oma simenu. In addition, the son of the maidservant, the maidservant was Hagar, and her son was Yishmael, who was born to Avram Avinu and Hagar. Hashem said, him also I will make into a great nation. And Rabbeinu Zalirid, that the Turks, the Arabs, are definitely very powerful, because of the fact that we say this, the Torah says this, and we say this on Rosh Hashanah, the Balkhari reading the Torah says, this bracha that Hashem gave, that v'gam es ben ha'amah simenu. And we see this, we've seen it the past hundred years possibly, from the time that, that, that the state of Eretz Yisrael was formed. The, the Arabs at that time, were starting to become powerful. And we see from that time till today, when we had the Six-Day War, the, at that time already, there were major nations, Egypt, Syria, Iraq, Jordan, from all sides surrounding Eretz Yisrael, wanting to squash it, wanting to crush it. And we see today especially, the leader of Turkey has shown himself 
to be worthy, qualified of being listed against the major enemies of Eretz Yisrael and of Klau Yisrael. And here Rabbi foretold that, that the Torah tells us that these nations are going to be powerful. They're going to have wealth. They're going to have power. But, but we believe Be'amun HaShlema, the Zohar Kodesh speaks about this also, we believe Be'amun HaShlema, that Klau Yisrael, through our Torah and Tefillah and Mitzvah and Mais and Tevim, will be able to see the complete and final downfall of all of our enemies, Esav and Yishmuel, all 70 nations of which Esav and Yishmuel are considered to be the leaders. Any questions, please? The next paragraph, Tov Samach Gimel, 463. <clears throat> One of the great rabbis that lived before Rabbi Nezal was Rabbi Yonason Eibschitz. And this Rabbi Yonason Eibschitz, he wrote several sforim. I believe the Yaras Dvash is his. And he was known as a genius. Even there are many stories told about when he was a child and he met different people and they tried to challenge him. They asked him questions, different things. And he came out with incredible, incredible, sharp, bright answers. And unfortunately, there was major machlokes against him. Because he was an outstanding figure, a, a maverick in a sense, in some ways like Rabbeinazal, who was a chiddish during his time. <clears throat> so there was opposition. And Rabbeinazal had the a safer in front of him, which had in it cameos, amulets, that Rabbi Yonis and Ibschitz had given to people, people that came to him with certain emergencies, certain problems, and he would write a cameo, an amulet, and give it to them. And the cameo was signed with the words, Avdoi, Hashem's servant, and then it had Mem, Beis, Yud, Ches, Vav, with two lines above it, like a Roshe Tevois of these five letters, Membeis Yud Ches Vov. The rabbis who opposed Rabbeinus Nabshitz, they interpreted it to be the word Meshichoi. We know that there's a code that's used in the Gemara in the Torah called Atbash, where you switch. The first letter of the Aleph base, the Aleph becomes a Tuf, or the Tuf becomes an Aleph. A base becomes a Shin, or a Shin becomes a base. So in this word, Mem Beis Yud Ches Vav, that second letter, that base, if you switch it for a Shin, according to Atbash, it becomes the word Meshichai. And these rabbis said that this is what Rabbi Yonis Naibshitz was, he was calling himself Avdoi Meshichai, <coughs> Hashem's servant, Hashem's Moshiach. And Rabbi Nassau spoke about this, and he said that this is not a proof at all. And Rabbi Nassau said that if he would write cameos, <coughs> people would also find ways, flaws, ways of misinterpreting it and using it against him. <clears throat> especially the term Avdoi, his servant. Because generally when amulets were written, it never had this word Avdoi, his servant in it. So the people who would oppose him <clears throat> would certainly look to try to misinterpret that and, interpret and use it against him.
And Rabbi Nezal went on to say, we know that the Torah is all shameless. Every word in the Torah, Rabbi Nezal mentions this in chapter 1 in Likut Imran, quoting the Medrash, <clears throat> which says, Kola Torah Kula is Shmoisov Shalakadish Baruch Every word in the Torah is different names of Hashem. And, and there are names of Hashem that are used when a person wants to take control over an angel, or <clears throat> there are names that we use sometimes when we're pleading with Hashem. We say Yehirotzim in, in Duchening, for example, when the Kohanim give the bracha and some of the Sidurim, they have different Yehirotzim that may be the will of Hashem that these and these Malochim, or by Tkia Shofar, we have it in just about all the different books, all the different Mahzoyrim, the different angels that are associated with each one of the distinct sounds of the Shofar. And, and through this name, we activate the appropriate Malach related to that. And then we give that angel that name. Because Rabbi Nassau went on to say, an angel doesn't have a name until they're given a mission. According to the mission that the angel is being given, that's the name that they take on. So Rabbi Nezah said that it's proper when a person wants to be mashbia, when a person wants to be mashbia, an angel or something like that, there's nothing wrong with writing the words avdoi mevichoi, as, as Rabbi Nezah had written. Because Rabbi Nezah said, these, this, these five letters, mem beiz yud make up the first letters of the Pasuk, V'noyach motzo chen be'enei Hashem. Noyach, the tzaddik, found favor in the eyes of Hashem. So this, this word, which the rabbis were using against Rabbeinus Naipshitz, Rabbeinus Al looked at it and he said that they're not necessarily right. <clears throat> and Rabbeinus Al understood that these, this word actually makes up the Rosh Tevis of a, an incredible Pasuk in the Torah, which speaks about a time when Hashem was angry at the whole world and Hashem wanted to and went ahead and destroyed the entire world except for Noyach. Noyach Motzachin, the Tzadik, even at a time when Hashem is prepared to destroy the whole world, the Tzadik is safe. The Tzadik is protected. Him and those who are close to him. Noyach built a Teva, him and his family members who were close to him were all saved despite the fact that the entire world was flooded. We know that it's told about the Baal Shem Tov, that there, there were people who found amulets, kameas that were written by the Baal Shem Tov, where all it had was his name, Yisrael ben Eliezer. We know the Gemara tells us about the Tana Rebbe Meir. The Gemara gives us an incredible story where Rebbe Meir... <clears throat> was told that the sister of Rabbi Hanina ben Tradyoin had been taken captive by the Goyim at that time, the Romans, and she was put in prison. And, and those prisons had men and women in it, and generally not, not people of good character. And he was asked if he could possibly save her, get her out of there. And Rabbi Meir said, if she retained her purity, I'll definitely be able to save her. If not, I don't know. And Reb Meir went and he performed a test to test her. And he saw that she had definitely maintained her purity completely. So Reb Meir approached the guard of the prison 
And he said, here, I'm prepared to give you this bag of gold coins to release this woman. The guard said, I'll, I'll release her. I'll have the bag of gold coins. And the next day, they'll chop my head off for, for letting her go. But Mary said, no, no, no. I'll give you a formula that'll protect you. If anyone wants to harm you at any point, just say, Eleko de Meir Anona. May the Hashem of Meir answer my prayer. This guy looked at him and, as if that's ridiculous. Rameir said, watch. And he saw a group of wild dogs in the distance. Rameir picked up a clot of earth and threw it at the wild dogs. They saw where it came from and they came charging towards him. And Rameir looked at them and he said, They immediately slammed on the brakes and walked away these wild dogs. So the guards saw that this is very real. This is a very unique person that just mentioning these three words, his name was enough to be able to, to, to cause these wild dogs to stop immediately. So Rameir told him, I'll give you advice. Use half of it to bribe whoever you need to, and the other half you'll be able to keep. But we see again the power of tzaddikim, that a tzaddik can say a certain word and just mentioning the name of a tzaddik sometimes could be enough to save a person from illness. There's another example. The, the Baal Shem Tov, in, in the Sefer Baal Shem Tov it mentions a story in the Gemara, where the Gemara says that there were some rabbis traveling on a ship, and there was a woman on the ship who knew magic. And she wanted to bother these rabbis. She knew that they were traveling to go to a certain place and there was an urgency involved. And she said, she said certain incantation and it caused the boat to become stuck. The boat couldn't move at all. So it says that these rabbis realized who caused this and how she caused it. And the Gemara says, Amru Milas, Amru Milsa, they said a word. And it released the boat. The boat was able to travel. So the Baal Shem Tev says that he, the wording in the Gemara is Amru Milsa. They said a word. The word Milsa is a common word. But the Baal Shem Tev said he researched earlier editions of Shas of the Gemara. And there it doesn't say Milsa. It says Amru and it says Mem Lamed Tov. Just those three letters, Mem Lamed Tov because the Baal Shem Tov had taught his students that there's one short sentence in the Torah, in Parshas Mishpatim, three words, where the Pasuk says, loy that a woman who practices magic, which they knew in those days, should not be allowed to live. She gets death penalty for it. And the Baal Shem Tov taught that in those three words is found all the secrets related to these koichas of Tumah and the ability to be able to defeat it. So the Baal Shem Tev said, he saw in one of the older editions of the Gemara that it said, Amru Mem Lamed Tov. These rabbis said Mem Lamed Tov, these three letters, which are the first letters of the Pasuk Mechashefo Loi Sechaye, which has in it, again, all these secrets regarding this item. And that's how they were able to overpower her her, what she was trying to do. Rabbi Nezal revealed to us, Rabbi Nezal spoke about the power of Shemoy Satsadikim, 
that if a person's in, a, in an emergency of any type and a person needs special, special powers of Ruchnius to change the nature, to override nature, whether it's an illness or anything like that, Rabbi Nezal said to recite the names of tzaddikim. And Rabbi Nezal went ahead using his vast knowledge. Rabbi Nezal compiled a pamphlet called Shemoy Satsadikim, starting from Odom Arishan till, till right before Rabbi Nezal's time, where he compiled all the names of all the tzaddikim that are mentioned in Tanakh, in Shas Bavli, Yerushalmi, in Medrashim, in the Zohar Kodesh, all over. And also, Rav Nusazar wrote a short tefillah that we say after reciting Shema Satsadikim. My Rebbe spoke about this, the, the specialness of this Sefer. And my Rebbe, Rav Nusazar, when there were times that people had emergencies, he would give them this Sefer, Shema Satsadikim, and he would tell them to recite one page and the tefillah afterwards, the tefillah that Rabnosanzar wrote. We'll hold it over here for now because I actually need to travel now for about an hour and a half to get to the next location where we're going to be having another shir today, Mitzvah Wishing everybody a wonderful week. We should be zeichet to, to absorb and appreciate the things that are are being revealed in, in the Chaim Aran and to be zeichet to apply them all properly and be zeichet that the, the power that tzaddikim, the tefillah of the tzaddikim and the power that tzaddikim should protect us from everything we need protection and should bring about the final complete Geul HaShlema Amen Amen